Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus, a salty, slightly cynical account of epilepsy and neurological disorders, the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world, and a search for answers in efforts to rewire the mind and create a new life. Oh, and a whole lot of tangents. And now, Seizure Salad, with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah Bean. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. Anyone with epilepsy would be lying to you. Any single person would be lying to you if they said that they didn't lose something because of epilepsy. Everyone, it feels like something is taken away from you in one way or another. And Have you ever listened to the Cure Epilepsy podcast? I've, I've never really never really listened to the podcast because I lack patience. Uh, <laughs> I like, so I'll sit there and I'm like, yeah, they're saying some good stuff, but I got 14 things on my mind. I don't know, you know, so that's, that's why, you know, that's why I write. That's why, why I've done so much writing. And uh, that's, that's been my outlet. Cause when I write, it's like everything that's in my brain, it can all come out, you know, and it, I don't have to, I don't have to try and speak it, you know, cause it, I'm not the best speaker. But my mind knows, hey, this is how we feel. Let's let's write it down. Let's write it down. So uh, listening to podcasts would definitely be something I should do more of. Uh, do more of and work on my patients. So what what's it called? Cure epilepsy? <laughs> uh, it, yeah, and this wasn't a comment on on your podcasting listening skills. This was more. <laughs> there was a specific episode on uh, seizing life. That's the name of the podcast. I have no connection to it, but uh, they're interviewing uh, a psychiatrist, a neuropsychiatrist, about uh, the connection between mental health. And I thought he said it very well because you're talking about kind of the combination or the connection of everything we've lost. And he said, you know, everyone with epilepsy, first and foremost, loses predictability in their life. And that mm -hmm. stability creates so much happiness because we know our place in the world and we understand things mm. that when you lose that predictability, so he was saying everything filters down from that. And I was like, hey, you know, that, that's an interesting concept that the ability to anticipate uh, goes away with epilepsy and that mm. low level of anxiety, you know, the baseline increases sure uh, because does. of the loss of predictability. Makes, so as you were talking, that makes a lot like, of yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was uh, a great way he put it. And that is, that's some, definitely some, some heavy stuff. And I like to, I like to hear from, you know, psychiatrists. I think a lot of them, uh, like a good amount of them do a good job of explaining. Um, and that's the difference between them and like your neurologists, you know, uh, relating to you on a personal level. And they, neurologists understand the brain as far as the science goes. Mm -hmm. They learn about the science of the brain and they try to explain that to you and they explain that to you in the way that they know how, which is scientifically. And their job isn't to relate to you. It's not to be incredibly nice to you. And I, I my, all my neurologists have tried, but listening to like psychiatrists who can break down the brain and who have studied people and in different cases, you know, they went to school and, you know, probably got a doctorate and uh so you know they've spent years and years and years uh doing research so they're uh definitely it seems like most of the time a viable source to 
you know, um, uh, gain wisdom from. But at the same time, I feel like people like us going through the same condition uh, with the same diagnosis are, are just as good because we have that relatability. We don't have to study it. We understand it. You know, we already know it. So sharing it is, uh, is, is a step, you know, for, for five or six years, I was like, I don't want anyone to know. I don't want, I don't want anyone to ask any questions. I don't want anyone to know what I'm going through except for my parents and my doctors and my, like my family, my tight knit, um, only my closest friends. But as time goes on, and it's not like I just pop in and say, Ooh, guess what? Guess what I have? It's, it's, uh, if someone has an experience, I think a big part definitely with, uh, like depression and anxiety, I can relate to them on that level and not immediately jump in and go, I understand because I have epilepsy, but you're like, I understand because I, you know, have gone through the same things, you know? Uh, and you know, you still go through them. So it's, it's, uh, and Mark put it a fantastic way when we were on the phone, you called it mental hygiene, like mental oh, health hygiene. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'd never, I had never heard it, heard it put like that before. And I'm like, yeah. Cause everyone just calls it meant like you're just your mental health. But like, I realized like the reason I work out and the reason I write is to maintain or at least try to maintain that mental health hygiene and practicing it. And so, yeah, Mark, that was the best way I've, I've heard someone put that for sure. Nice. For sure. Thanks. Yeah. I definitely like the way he puts that too. That's definitely a great way to put it. And uh, I remember during one of our uh, earlier sessions, Mark, you'd mentioned that as well. And it's something I try and keep into mind. Um, The mentor that Leah had put me with uh, before she had left um, has something similar, not quite the same, but it's uh, it's more of, of kind of relates to the psychological and the spiritual like like nourishment not not just a a here's the hygiene here's here's what you got to do but it's also yeah. the nourishment menu here yeah. is my nourishment menu you mm-hmm. know and on it yeah you got you you've got your hygiene right you've got your hygiene on there and you've got your necessities your maslow's hierarchy but but also on top of that is that the nourishment the uh, for you, it's writing, Mason. You know, uh, for me, it's it's to continue to you know learn how to how to play guitar, banjo, uke. You know, continue with that. Um, my voiceover work—that's part of my nourishment, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like if if you can combine like the hygiene and put it on that nourishment menu, menu get the whiteboard, you know, put a checklist on that son bitch, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> do, do it that way. And I agree with you as well, Mason, as far as the um, as far as support groups and peer to peer stuff, you know, talking with you guys helps me so much. And Mm -hmm. I think Mark is absolutely amazing in that. He's, he's one of us. (laughs) (laughs) This is is taking a turn. Um, He's, he's got that licensed therapeutical side of it. He he's, he's been trained on that side, but he's also experienced what, 
epileptics go through because he is one. And so that's one of those rarities out there.